This podcast is on the subject of life hacking lying. 10 devilishly deceptive ways to be a better liar. But first, I wanted to answer a question that came in on Facebook from a Mr. K. He asked, I was wondering, have you heard any reports of paracetam causing people to lose enthusiasm or become very uh, uninterested or unemotional? You know, Keith, not really. Paracetam actually kind of deepens the natural award and arousal mechanisms of the mind. This is one of the reasons why paracetam is actually recommended to recovering alcoholics and people that are uh, having difficulty like enjoying life because they are uh, getting over a, a serious drug or substance abuse issue because it, it does allow people, most people, to enjoy the, the natural human stimulus of, of family, touch, uh, reading a good book, a good conversation with a friend, enjoying nature. Most, most biohackers report that the racetams and paracetam make them enjoy these type of quintessentially human experiences more than usual. So if you are reporting this as an experience that you're having from paracetam, then that's a little bit unusual. And I would say if that's a consistent experience with paracetam, then stop taking paracetam. Everyone responds a little bit differently to the racetam, so we can't we can't generalize absolutely about them. And the good thing about the racetams is that there's a number of them and they have a lot of similar effects. Paracetam is most popular because it has the, it's probably the most consistent, but if it makes you feel anhedonic, then I would say switch to oxyracetam, switch to anaracetam, or try out a totally different smart drug, try out one of the stacks, try out some of the adaptogens. There's a lot of options out there. I figured out what I think is a little bit better way of me doing these podcasts. I actually walk around my room. (laughs) I kind of shuffle around my room a little bit while I'm answering your questions and reading these articles. I really hope that you can't hear the little steps that I'm making. I'll try to practice my ninja walking skills that I learned as a young man when I was taking martial arts, but it's, I think, conducive to keeping the blood flowing while I'm, while I'm doing this uh, activity of these podcasts. Okay, this article on life hacking, lying. Deception and the use of half-truths are such a part of human nature that what's ultimately the most dishonest is to pretend that we are real 100% of the time to everyone. Life hackers, happy sociopaths, and people with healthy egos understand that lying is an inevitable part 
of the human communication experience. According to statisticbrain.com, 60% of people lie at least once during a 10-minute conversation. Men, on average, tell six lies a day to their partner, boss, or colleagues. Women tell eight. 31% of people lie on their resumes. Inevitably, you're going to lie in ways big and small. This article will arm you with some clever ways to lie more effectively and less destructively without breaking the 11th commandment, which is getting caught. The cardinal rule of effective lying is that the truth is always the best tool in the service of lies. A great novelist once said that the best fiction is 80% real. Or did they? Maybe I just made that one up. Indeed, your lies should always be anchored in reality. The most difficult to keep track of lies are those most easily exposed, which are complete fabrications. When telling lies, arbitrarily associate them to something that actually happened. Got a couple of examples here for you. Circumstance. I was hungover and missed an important meeting because I was partying with my friend for his birthday. The lie. I tell my boss that my best friend had a serious asthma attack last night and needed to be brought to the hospital. I ended up sleeping in because I only got an hour of sleep. Another example. Circumstance. I need a loan from my parents to pay my rent because I got fired from the job that my dad actually helped me to get. So the lie would be, I got fired because the manager kept hitting on me and I won't go out with him. There's a couple of benefits to this. The less fictitious details that you need to keep track of. And if they check into the details of your story, it's more likely that they will find it's consistent with reality. Finally, the closer your lies are to reality, the less your biology will treat them like a lie, meaning that they will be more difficult for others to detect. Arbitrary truthfulness and general perceived character. Your success in lying is more about general perception of you as a credible and honest character than the plausibility and supporting details of an individual lie. This means that if you seem credible most of the time, you can get away with some real deceptive behavior on occasion. The good news is that seeming credible doesn't actually take a lot of extra work. For example, practice arbitrary truthfulness. Admit and own up to things you are bad at, embarrassments, or failures. Argue against your own self-interest. If something obviously benefits you financially or otherwise, but has a downside for someone else, display your selflessness by pointing out why 
This might not work for everyone. Call out an inconsequential lie to perpetrate a larger deception. People know that people in general tell harmless white lies during conversation without even thinking about it. Next time you do this, call it out and make a little joke about it. You know what? That's a lie. I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to lie less, add a smile. But the truth is, it's important that your admission of guilt be a relatively insignificant error, mistake, or lack of judgment. You are demonstrating that you are principle-driven to the point that you admit your lies even when there's no apparent benefit to doing so. This imbues you as a person of character, meaning that you will be able to get away with a more significant lie later on. Don't stray from your baseline. And I linked to a YouTube video from a really great show about lying. Check it out in the post which is linked in this podcast description. On the show Lie to Me, one of the first things you see them do when they're beginning a deception detection session is to determine the behavioral baseline for an individual. The baseline includes things like the tonality of their voice, their heart rate and breathing, other stress indicators, their body language expressions like touching hair, face, self-rubbing, etc., and how often they blink. These all comprise their baseline behavior. The more they stray from their baseline, the more likely they're stressed and therefore lying. So while lying, make it a point to try to avoid dropping obvious nonverbal cues of your stressed state. And interestingly, there's not a lot of convenient life hacks or biohacks for this. That TV show is based upon a lot of research that was done by a real-life person named uh, Dr. Paul Ekman. You've probably heard of him before. And it seems to be one of their findings was that even actors and people that are extraordinarily well-trained, their biology and their micro-expressions betray their, their, their true intentions. So uh, what I advise is to lie when it's most biologically appropriate. And I include a clip here from the movie Flight. At the end of the movie Flight, after a night of binge drinking, the alcoholic main character runs out of lies and finally admits to his behavior. And this is not because he finally develops a moral compass. It's because of his biological state. Think of the time of the day when you're most creative, productive, and focused. And that's also probably the best time of the day to tell lies. Whenever possible, lie via telephone, text, or email, as opposed to in person. Before you need to tell a big lie in a high-pressure situation, try aping in the bathroom. Aping is a thing I'm going to describe now. You go in the bathroom, lock the door, then for two minutes pretend to be an ape. Lift your hands above your head, 
wave your arms around, claw at the air, and stomp around. Do it for two minutes, about two minutes. You will feel really silly, but at the end of the two minutes, you will be in a confident peak state for lying. Call out the apparent deception. If you need to lie outright, own the frame by bringing up and calling out the obvious circumstances surrounding the deception. For example, circumstance. You cheated on your boyfriend or girlfriend at the class reunion party the night before date night, and now you have a conspicuous hickey. Your partner has been planning this special date night for a while and you can't cancel. Your partner knows you were going to see your ex-lover at the party, so if you wear a turtleneck, they're going to know what happened. The lie is a little bit more complicated. So number one, over text, you mentioned that you were looking for your blender in the creepy storage area of your apartment and a spider bit you on the neck resulting in your conspicuous hickey. Mention that you were embarrassed at work because your coworker said it looked like a hickey. Third-party credibility. Number three, joke that this makes you look really classy on the day of date night. And mention that you did talk to your ex-lover, but they were with their current fiancé. You didn't tell your partner that nothing happened with your ex, but you give them all of the logical reasons necessary to believe your lie. If you have generally displayed good character up to this point in the relationship, you're going to get away with this significant indiscretion. Avoid these obvious tells that you're lying. And I have a great YouTube video linked of this lady who's an employee of maybe a golf park, and she does just a really bad job of lying on camera. And it's really obvious and funny for us, I'm sure horrific for her in the moment. Some obvious tells of lying are repeating, I'm sorry, retreating or closing your body language after a lie, like Richard Nixon in one of the clips that I have on the post, self-touching, rubbing your own hands or arms in a reassuring manner, momentarily covering your mouth or touching your face, touching yourself around the collar, touching your hair or scratching the back of your head, conspicuously swallowing or movement of the Adam's apple. Dual NBAC training. Brain imaging studies using MRI machines have demonstrated that there is a strong correlation between executive functioning and lying. Executive function could be compared to the RAM of a computer. It's the measure of focus your mind can devote to the task at hand. Cognitive psychologists have identified dual endback training as one of the most consistent ways to increase executive function with 
transfer effects to real life activities like staying focused, self-control, and lying. The leading dual inback app on the market, HiIQ Pro for Windows, Mac, and Android, actually guarantees measurable cognitive gains in 20 to 25 minutes, and it takes about 20 sessions, or you get your money back. So there is actually software out there that can ostensibly train you to be a better liar, along with numerous other benefits, because I really can't imagine anyone other than a total sociopath training themselves to be a better liar, although with maybe the exception of someone that's going to join the CIA or the Russian FSB or something like that. Facebook. In a survey by the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, two-thirds of attorneys reported that Facebook was a primary source of evidence for divorce proceedings. Indeed, many a clever deception has been exposed by a tagged photo, profile detail, or a cavalier status update. A couple tips. Just set your relationship status to private. Set your profile status to private. So stalkers and friends of exes or current lovers can't see what you're up to. Only your profile cover photo should be visible. When posting status updates, carefully mind the friends, public, and custom visibility settings. It's also a good idea to delineate groups of people who you may not want to see certain things, like for example, family, party friends, good friends, dating prospects, work colleagues, sales leads, etc. And finally, your smartphone. Lock the screen. This is really a no-brainer. If spouses, lovers, friends, or coworkers ask why, it's because you have sensitive information on your phone.